0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Just Slap Tennis, the pound for pound number one tennis channel in the game. Your hosts, Steven and Alex, we have another special podcast episode for you guys.
1: Guys, today we had the pleasure of interviewing Alexei Neserov, my childhood best friend, played for University of Alabama, and is now an up-and-coming professional tennis player. He's going to make absolute waves on the Pro Tour, so get ready.
0: That's exactly right. And if you are a player that has struggled with their mental game on court, this is the episode for you. So hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, join the Discord and enjoy the podcast.
1: All right, Losh, Alexei, thank you so much for coming. First of all, Stephen, I, yeah. I just want to point out something. Mm-hmm. So this guy came all the way from California. He's got a future's potential. To, you know, he's going to play tomorrow. We'll see if he gets in or if not. But, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but a big reason you came was to, to get on the podcast. and. You're completely and, right and uh yeah. no we appreciate you having We taking for the time and, and making the trip over because yeah it's amazing to have you here so. i
2: appreciate you having me here it's uh yeah life is great i'm super super happy to be here just slap you know it's <laughs> amazing right. amazing and Obviously, I want to get in the tournament. I really hope I can get in. I'm getting closer yep. and closer. We're, we're going to make some calls. They're going to get in. Yeah, please, please do. I really need that. I need... <laughs> the he has got the connections, as you probably can imagine. Any help, any help. Uh, <laughs> but also, I really wanted to come here, talk with you guys, share some life stories, things that have been happening to me because what's been happening is truly amazing. I'm just living my best life right now, truly. And actually, I texted you because you invited me, and I said that I'm going to come here only once I... Once I'll make it there, you know, I'll walk the walk and then talk the talk. Well
1: yeah. said, well, so just to give yeah. some context, I call, I had a phone call with, with Losha, like maybe we've been talking, you know, somewhat over the past like three, four months, but I think we had a call like four months ago or so. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, and when you're in New York, you should come on. And he was like, listen, I'm only coming on when I get to number one in the world because, <laughs> because he had a complete, and, and we're going to get into, we're going to really delve deep into this, but um, I felt that from an external standpoint, I really felt like there was a complete mindset change. Yeah. And it wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to get to number one in the world. Like, oh, well, I want to be number one. It was like, no, 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 bro. Like, you don't understand. Like, I'm getting to number one in the world. And once yeah. I hit number one in the world, I'm going to come on the podcast. But you're here. Yeah. And you've decided to to not... You know wait until you hit number one in the world so why so what what made the the change why why the change in heart
2: two reasons two reasons first reason is that i've always considered myself a perfectionist i've always tried to be a perfectionist always tried to be perfect and recently i realized that's that's something that again i thought it was something that was driving me forward that made me who i am but in reality it's something that has always been slowing me down in life and something that slowly but surely it's been ruining my life in a way because I don't know I had so many insecurities because of that I, I was afraid I wanted to like I don't know go communicate with people like and just talk about stuff and everything you know but I couldn't do it because I was like what if I say some, something stupid like I was never good enough I was always trying to be perfect but I was never good enough and I always realized that but who is who is perfect no one is perfect and I didn't let myself do so many things or like just enjoy the life And do so many things that I wanted to do just because I've always tried to be perfect and obviously I never was perfect and right now I just accepted myself for who I am I understand that I have some weaknesses I have some insecurities but I am who I am right now in this moment I'm sitting with you guy that's who I am I with you guys that's who I am I can say some stupid things but that's okay that's me you know I can't do anything about it what I can do is I can grow I can learn I have today tomorrow to learn something new and every single day for the rest of my life to to just become better and not necessarily strive to be perfect because again no matter how good i am going to be at something i'm never going to be perfect so that's one of the reasons um second reason is because i really thought that with this top, top secret book, weapon the secret top weapon, secret weapon that's my secret weapon because this is something that actually helped me feel the way i feel now because for now it feels like I enjoy every single day. Like every day is a is a gift. And I'm truly happy almost twenty-four-seven. Obviously, it's not like that. I still experience some negative emotions. And I'm like, I've got this secret weapon. What if I share it with someone? And it will stop me from getting to number one or winning the Grand Slams. Because I believe that I can do that. I truly believe so I I believe that I have all the tools. But obviously I no one knows what's gonna happen maybe <laughs> I'll walk on the street tomorrow with brick falls on my head I die you know <laughs> anything can happen mm. but I believe that I can get there with those tools and so I'm like what if I share those tools that that my secret weapon with everyone else and someone listens to that actually yeah. takes something away from it becomes better and stops me stops me from from getting there and what I realized is that tennis is not about for me right now it's not about becoming number one or winning slams it's not about results obviously i want to do that obviously but i'm trying to really detach myself from that Tennis. what tennis is about for me is about competing against the best of the best and if those tools help people become better tennis players that's great i want to play against the best tennis players you know i want to play against the best tennis players and to me again i want to achieve all those things i will feel great but if i don't it's fine because again i'm just focusing on not on becoming number one in the world but becoming the best tennis player i can be and if i become number one in the world i'm not gonna stop i'll keep striving to to be better and better and better and again i'm not gonna be perfect for example Medvedev, in my opinion he became number one number one but he had a lot of imperfections in his games you know he still has a lot of room yeah. for growth yeah you yeah. know and I, I believe he will grow I, I hope he will grow he has everything and yeah, so that's that what changed then.
0: So how, you, you spoke about being a perfectionist. How did, that, um, how did moving away from, from
2: that affect your performance on the court specifically? Just giving myself room for mistakes and realizing that I can't miss balls. I mean, everyone misses. Before, like my junior career, collegiate career, I would make a mistake and I would go, go nuts. I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, you've made that shot so many times in your life. Why do you miss that? especially in an important moment. And I just completely, I did not understand myself as a player. I did not understand myself as a person. I did not understand my my emotions and how they can affect me. How can, how can, how they can make me miss those balls. I mean, I just did not understand myself and I did not give myself any room for mistakes. When you try to be perfect, you just, you see every single mistake that you make, every single imperfection. And I had a lot of good qualities. I had a lot of, weapons in my game i was i i believe i've i've mean, not always been a good player but i had something that you've, i could you've use. always
1: been a good player
2: yeah like I, I had something i could use but i did not see myself for those things mostly i saw myself for the imperfections that i had for the things that i was doing bad and now i'm seeing myself myself for all the good things and but at the same time realizing that yes i have some weaknesses i have a lot of areas to improve on but I can't do anything about those areas right now. I can just, again, every single day just try to get a little better. And that's it. It's yeah. in,
1: it's interesting because I've, so just to contextualize this whole relationship, Losha and I have known each other since we were, what, five
2: years old. Yeah. You actually taught me a really important lesson. Now. <laughs> okay. Very important lesson, I don't know. I don't know what I, that's a first, which I didn't understand until like a few weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. But
1: yeah. so we've known each other for forever. I mean, we started in the same group together playing tennis. Yeah. Uh, you exponentially increased as as I just <laughs> slowly because I was actually uh, in a different group. I was <laughs> a Alex was going like <laughs> sideways off the. I, they, they were like, what well, "Alex, what about, are you? Yeah. Th- that's not tennis, but that's not <laughs> tennis. You're playing hockey over here on the court." <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, no, but we've known each other for a very long time, yeah. and it's it's um, you. I, one thing that I remember, and this is one thing that always made you very good, but also was a weakness in some sort, was. Mm-hmm you were always extremely hard on yourself. Yeah. And it was like, it was to the point where, you know, sometimes it would make you an incredible competitor, but if things weren't going your way, it could be completely detrimental to you. Yeah. There's actually one uh, an interesting story that I want to kind of inject. There was a time where we played each other in a final. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, like I cried. Do you remember that? <laughs> we played course. each other in a final. It was junior <laughs> tennis, so the sets were to four, uh, and it was best of three, right? Yeah. Um, he wins the first set, I'm crying. Yeah. I'm sobbing, steven yeah. I'm I'm talking like sobbing, sobbing. Then things start to change. Somehow I win the second set. He's sobbing. I'm just going nuts. Sobbing. So <laughs> my, our moms are watching. Together. We're best friends, by the way. They're like they're like we were like training together. We yeah. were to, like we would hang out all the time. We're crying. Like everyone's like losing. Their <laughs> exactly. My, our moms are like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And then in the third set, it was a tight third set, I think, if I remember correctly, and both of us were crying at the remember. same time. Yeah. <laughs> so we were on was crying at the same time, asking our Poor moms kids to help. Like, Poor kids. It was anyway, it was fun. This but, we were, but yeah, you were I, from an external standpoint, I remember you were always um always very hard on yourself, which again was a positive in many ways, I'm sure, because it made you a better competitor, but also But also could have been, you know, at times, obviously detrimental, uh, whether it be mentally
0: or or whatnot. So you don't recommend crying on changeovers just to make it clear? Uh, Sometimes. Sometimes 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 it's okay. It means you care. It means you care. A little bit. bit, Yeah, maybe. (laughs) So
1: I want to jump into this to tap. I want to go deep dive. I want to teach me everything. Yeah. Teach me everything. And I have, and I just have it here. You you wrote a quick outline on the tap. So I want to make sure we hit all the points. So I have it over here just in case. But let's, let's do a deep dive into TAP and, and what it's about and, and how, is it, yeah. how has it changed your life. And, and what, are the, what are the tools? Teach us the tools.
2: Yeah. So first I want to say how I got to TAP. Basically. Okay. So, yeah, I got to the, uh, first time I got to the yes was uh, when I was 17 or so to the Wild Tennis Academy in California. My friend recommended it to me. Mm-hmm. And that's where I met my current coach actually, Juan Jose Clement, mm-hmm. Spanish guy. I absolutely love him. He, he is the one who created TAP. So basically, it says build your own mental program. It's a it's a, a book or a manual that helps you build your own mental program. And, and yeah, I mean there, we had so many good stories from from juniors with with Juan, but even though I was in college for five years, we maintained that bond that we we created um, when I was there as a junior. And he he's a big reason, and Tap is the big reason why. I came back to the academy, that's where I practiced when I was still Wild Tennis Academy, great place. Uh and yeah, I just when I was in college I, I heard that he created that that book. And the way I thought of it back then, I didn't know how it looked and what it was like. I thought of it would as something that you like really read, you know, like just gain some information from. I'm like, wow, Juanjo, wow. Because for me, like writing a book is something was something that I could never do for sure. And I didn't imagine Juan who is a writer either and so like wow that's impressive that's interesting but when i got once i got to the academy i actually was introduced to that manual and i looked at it at first i'm like it's so simple there's no it's not like you it tells you what to do or it's not like you read something you gain some information it just basically gives you a little tools little things that can help you for example uh, right away we tried to create my my vision so Juanjo told me that you need to understand what you want to become or who you want to become as an athlete, as a tennis player in two, three years or so. And you need to really think about it, go deep and and write it down. Like how do you see yourself in two, three years and what, what type of athlete you want to become. And make sure that you you write it in a... Present, sen- uh, not present, sense, uh, present tense, not present tense. Present tense? Yeah, present tense. Yeah, see imperfections. Go, cool. let's go. <laughs> got better, got better, got better. Right in the present tense, because you need to kind of train your mind that this is who you are. This is who you are, even though you're not there, but this is who you are. So building a vision. Then he told me the importance of the routines. And again, that's something that you write in the manual. You have to write morning routines, night routines, post pre-practice routines, pre-match routines, post-match routines. Because this is something that I never really was taught to do, the routines. I, what what are the routines? I mean, I understood the, the routines, but like I never understood the importance of the routines. And so those morning and night routines, they they completely changed my life. And I asked Juan, Juan what do you do in the morning routine? I don't know. Or night routines, because for, for example, at night I would just <laughs> watch some TV show or something. I would sometimes fall asleep with my laptop not healthy at all for 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 athletes like you shouldn't do that you should try to avoid electronics and he told me that he he writes he he reads he does meditation he does affirmation visualization and he does some ability and stuff and I was like okay okay I'll start doing those things and I realized and again at at first I was like meditation visualization like I don't know anything about that can it actually be that helpful and I was a little skeptical about it, but then I realized or now I realized that all of those things all of those things they make you think about who you are and understand yourself better your feelings better and Little by little you're like, okay. Okay. I I feel this because of that or okay. I I want you just yeah, you just understand yourself better I can go a little bit deeper into each one of them because I think each one of them is, is important. So Meditation, for example. I don't know. I'm not an expert in meditation. I'm sure, like there are a lot of books and everything. But the way I understand meditation right now, I've been doing it for three, three months now, every single day. Is that, for example, I, there's one meditation that I do, monkey mind, monkey mind meditation. It's called. Why it's called mind, monkey mind because when you try to focus on your breathing, and then just thoughts, they just mm-hmm. keep popping in your head. Just and you try to really just focus on breathing but you you can't just stop your mind from thinking and you're like okay okay what am i thinking about and it's not like you're trying to get rid of those thoughts you have to accept those thoughts because that's what happens on the tennis court as well you know you just you get those thoughts unconsciously almost and and you're like if you don't know how to control or if you don't accept them you start getting another one another one. it's like a snowball and so what meditation does it really helps you understand that subconscious mind in a way. And it helps you understand that, yes, like there, there are going to be thoughts that are going to be popping into your head, some random completely random. like when I was doing meditation, I was remembering some things that I experienced when I was seven years old or like 12 and it was just some random things. So I'm like, what is happening? You know, mm-hmm. but instead of like telling yourself that you're doing bad again, and you you have to focus on breathing and why you're thinking about all that, you have to just, Accept it and try to understand your subconscious mind in a way. You're like, okay. Okay. This is what I'm thinking. Okay And you just start understanding yourself better now uh, visualization. So what that do it creates just a a Clear picture for your mind. What what do you want to who do you want to become? and a little by little every day you do that and you start seeing yourself and your mind is like, okay it starts believing that Okay, I'm I'm that person, even though you're you might not be. And at first, when you say that, you're like, "Am I? Uh, I don't I don't feel like I am." You know, but little by little, you start seeing changes, and you're like, "It actually works." Yeah. So let me ask you a question.
1: So about visualization. Yeah. So when you say visualization, are you referring to visualizing yourself as number one in the world, or are you referring to visualizing yeah. yourself with certain
2: qualities? Yeah. Like what's the is it like very good question very important so for for everyone it's going to be different like there's no perfect way to do it for me i try to put only things that i can control there only controllables because well am i going to be number one in the world i'll try to do my best but is it really controllable not not fully controllable i only try to put things that are within my control and for example i don't know i start my vision with saying that I love and respect the sport, not only for the good things that come with it, but most importantly for the tough ones. And and yeah, again, not 100% maybe controllable, but 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 I start believing that little by little I start believing it because you have some tough losses, and it's part of the game. You have mistakes; it's part of the game. And even though there or like kids or like guys cheat, you know, like anything injuries. But that's part of the game. And once you love and respect the sports only for those tough things, for tough moments, that's when you really start enjoying it much, much more because, again, it's it's just part of the process. Now, the next one, self-talk. And this is something that I combine together, visualization and self-talk. So I tell myself a sentence and then I try to vi- visualize it. I say another one, try to visualize it. But self-talk also is something that not that I only do in the morning, like for 10 minutes, but something that I really try to um, be a little bit more mindful of just throughout the day, because I realize that there's so many times when I have a negative self-talk that works against me. It doesn't help me whatsoever. And I've seen it with a lot of different players. I mean, when you say that, oh, I suck, you know, oh, how could I miss that and stuff like that, it just, it doesn't help you whatsoever, you know, and yeah, I try to just be a little bit more mindful of that and, and just really make sure that I, I send myself uh, positive messages all the time. Even, even if something goes wrong, I always turn it into, into a positive message somehow. Like, I, I don't know, again, I missed I miss the ball. I'm like, okay, what did I do wrong? Okay, analyzed it, learned from it okay good that was a mistake that i learned from you know it's something positive i actually learned something from it not. So i just made a mistake i'm like what the heck
1: so can you tell me um because before where would your mind go in a situation like that right just so like,
2: i made a mistake i suck <laughs> like, like literally because so. i
1: feel like a lot of tennis players suffer this yeah, is yeah. something that happens with a lot of tennis players yeah. you know there are these things where you you have this self-talk on court whether you can blame someone else yeah. You can blame yourself and and say that this is just like I'm I'm terrible. Yeah. So, but and this is something that you went through specifically. Yeah. So I guess what's the where do you find that those differences? How does that,
2: how is that shaped you in recent so months? So right now I just understand again I understand my feelings much better. I understand why I feel certain negative emotions, and I recognize uncontrollable and uncontrollable things much better now. So mm-hmm. if my negative feelings or negative self talk Is caused by by something uncontrollable, then I'm like, okay, can I do anything about it? Can I do anything about that the sun is too bright into my eyes or that it's too windy? No, I have to accept that. I have to accept it. Okay, that's it. Accept, move forward, do something that you can actually control. If it's controllable, and that's what causes the negative negativity, some sort, not necessarily negative self, but negativity, then I'm like, okay, what can I do about it? What can I do about it? And right away. I do something about it that's it and i don't think about it anymore right away i try to make a change right away and then i mean next tool is writing again never considered actually i had a crazy relationship with writing before because in college i i absolutely hated writing it was it was miserable i hate the format and every time i thought about writing i just kept procrastinating procrastinating i just i didn't want to do it at all i was just like no i'm not a writer But now i absolutely love writing you know how they say from love to hate there's one step it was completely opposite for me in writing Mm -hmm. because now i started writing about things that that i want just anything literally anything what i experienced today what was good what was bad like maybe relationships just any thoughts i started writing about things and i started understanding myself better my feelings my emotions and this is all right this is the book where i write just regular notebook nothing special about it but like if you look at it there's just like it's like book full of thoughts. And that's when, when I really started thinking that, wow, it's, it's interesting. There's some really interesting ideas. And now I understand myself better. And this is like literally my transformation from where I was to where I'm, where I'm now. And that's when I first thought that maybe I am even going to write a book actually, because again, before I'm like definitely not a writer, if I can do anything uh, or like, I can do maybe anything live but something i definitely can not do is is writing i am never going to be a writer and i thought that maybe once i make it there i can i can write a book based on that because it's super super interesting you have all your
1: experiences right and it's like
0: your entire journey is now
1: written down on paper you know
0: know what's funny about that so the the juniors that i used to coach um, a tip that i would always give them is to have their tennis notebook where it's filled with obviously uh, your short-term and long-term goals you want to accomplish, and and also, but also like a daily log of, of like, essentially rating yourself, like yeah. what, like how was your fitness performance? How was your, uh, your, your your performance on court? What was wrong with your practice? What do you need to work on? Like, yeah. And I've always felt, and even for matches, like I would like, I would like give them like a, a like a couple of bullets that I wanted them to focus on in, in one of their matches, uh, or, or or even or even like some um, some motivational thing as well. And I would literally have them like on the court, on the changeover, open in your, note- your, your notebook, read it. Yeah. And it's amazing how, cause that always worked for me when I was a junior. Yeah. And it, it really works. If there's something about actually physically writing something down yeah. and reviewing it, 100%. that it,
2: you're holding yourself accountable. hundred percent, hundred percent. And last thing, reading. Like I've always wanted to read more and I always made excuses why I didn't read. And nowadays I read every single day. Um, And before like, I was like, if I read five or 10 pages, that's not enough. But now I'm like, I'll at least read read five or 10 pages, you know, something 10 pages a day leads to 3,650 pages a -hmm. year, you know, which is much more than zero, which I had not, I'd never had years like that, but I had close to zero, you know, which is pretty, it's not good, not good, but it just, it's made me understand the importance of little things and how little improvements, how I can first of all reward myself internally, just tell myself that you're you're good, good job for reading five pages. At least how I can reward myself, how I can appreciate little things a little bit more and how it's not about this huge progress in one day, because if you have a big goal that you're striving towards, no matter what you do in one day, it's going to be insignificant in a way, you know, no matter how much you do, it's insignificant in comparison to, to all the things that you have to do to achieve that. And so what I realized that it's, it's about the small things, it's about small things every single day doing something to get a little bit better, a little better. And and yeah, that's for sure what those, those tools have have done for me. It's, It's also
1: interesting about reading because reading, so I, I was never a reader. And I think my junior year of college and senior year of college, I started my junior year. I started reading or maybe was sophomore. Anyway, in college, I started reading Mm. and um, I set like a hard goal, goal for myself to really kind of like almost like shock therapy type of thing where I just like shock myself into it and force myself to read a lot. And it's it's in itself. Reading is super meditative. Yeah like, it, it's amazing how it focuses your mind, it clears your mind, it, it, it gets you, it calms you, yeah. it's, like, it's very interesting, because, again, if you read just 10, like, if you read just, like, 30 pages one day, yeah. you're not going to feel it, but over time, like you've said, yeah. over, you know, you keep, keep building on it, it's, it just really learn does something an effect.
2: New. I mean, and there's unlimited amount of knowledge in the books, so you, you can learn so much, and you can also, again, understand yourself a little better, and, uh, recently, I actually read that book that uh, Robbie Weiss, my assistant coach at the University of Alabama, he's now at Clemson, he recommended me that book, he was a great player, he was NCAA champion, he played on tour, was 70 in the world, I believe, beat Landel. just a great player, so he recommended me this book and he was like, that's something that really helped me uh, throughout my career and it's called How to Talk or What to Say When You Talk to Yourself, it talks about self self-talk and really made it very clear for me, it talks how like everything, all the information that we receive or we tell ourselves, we can think of it as a programming as if like our brain is, a, is a code, is mm-hmm. a code in a way that, or, or a computer mm-hmm. a computer that you program. So everything, all the information that we receive, it's like writing, you're writing or typing a code or someone is writing for you that, that code. Then based on that programming, you base your beliefs, you start believing in something based on that based on beliefs, you form your attitude towards things based on your attitude, you form your feelings and based on feelings, you make actions, believe it or not, we make all the actions based on feelings and not, not in a way that, Oh, I feel happy. That's why I'm going to do that. But we always feel like doing something because of how we feel Mm -hmm. internally. And we, we start doing something because okay, I feel like this is right. Or like we feel something and we make actions and it's just, really reframed it in in such a simple way but it really made me think that okay i have to i have to first of all control what what goes from from the outside world and not just i mean i always understood that not just believe that everything analyze it and stuff and not let someone else kind of take advantage of my programming because there is a lot of negativity people tell you that you can't do that you you shouldn't you Like you can't become number one, there is no way, it's impossible. Or I mean, all the negative things and especially as a junior or as a kid, you don't really have the sense of who you are. You don't know who you are, you don't know what you can do. And so sometimes you just start believing that because people around you tell you that, so it's very, very important as well. And besides that, what you tell yourself, again, how do you program your mind? If you keep telling yourself negative things, that's what your brain starts believing, that's what your brain starts believing and yeah that's why again those things they they sound simple but all of them help you understand who you are help you understand your feelings much much better and and once you do that it's just much much easier on the court because everyone sees on a tennis court that external fight you know player playing against player competing but the most important one i think is the is the mental one what's happening inside of your brain because i believe that At least i've i've been noticing with myself that there's two internal voices one conscious i can say anything to myself right now in my mind and unconscious when it just random ideas pop up some doubts and what those tools help you do is they help your conscious voice (laughs) defeat the unconscious one in a way you know Mm -hmm. you make that little that conscious one makes a little win against unconscious and then you start believing okay okay those tools are actually working for me and little by little conscious start overtaking unconscious and and then unconscious in a way starts working for you too starts working. obviously there's still some moments where i doubt myself but the more i work on my mental game the less i have them and and now nowadays it feels like conscious wins 99 percent of the time and and i feel truly when i play in a court i feel like nothing can touch me like nothing can touch me no no matter what what happens out there, no matter the negative external factors, it's fine. I can always turn it into something positive, something, yeah.
1: You you talked about one thing that's interesting is that, um, you know, you talk about this idea that, that your mind is like a, a piece of, uh, is like a computer, right? Yeah. It's like you're, you're programming a software. Yeah. Um, what's interesting is that you have obviously environmental factors that go in, so self-talk, you yeah. know, what happens externally, things like that. But you also have the uh the nature aspect right the the the, what how your brain is programmed neurochemically for example yeah um and i know you have a very uh you've been focusing a lot on dopamine specifically you've been watching huberman yeah uh stuff like that so can you talk about can can you talk about
2: like what practices
1: are you doing in order to also change your brain on a, on a neurochemical level too. You know, not,
2: not that I'm, I'm doing any practice. I just understand much better how it works. Dopamine, dopamine, for example, I think it's super important, something that definitely has helped me. And I never heard of dopamine in 24 years of my life before, but at first time I heard it, it was my coach who was doing a presentation for all the kids at the academy. And he said, he said about dopamine, how can it affect like us, in, in how can it affect us in many ways? How can we use it to our advantage or disadvantage? And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Like I want to learn more about it. And I listened to a podcast Andrew Huberman. I listened to dopamine and I understood that this is something, the way I see dopamine is like a chemical that our brain produces and something that first of all, can motivate, motivate us. It can also I mean, help us feel pleasure from doing things and it's something that i never took control of i thought it's it's impossible and obviously there are external factors that will control the level of your dopamine always but it's something that i actually have a lot of control of and how you can control dopamine is you create internal system of rewards what i mean by that is that you reward yourself for for doing something you do something you, you tell yourself good job good job and you actually you release just by saying that you did something good you release the dopamine. At least that's how I see it, and that's how I've been feeling. And it's very important that your internal system of rewards is is more. It has to be more significant than external ones. Because, for example, if if you want to win a tournament, or I don't know, just achieve something, be your number one, and you lose, and it's more important than than just pleasure from playing tennis, just learning. Then what it does is just you you sorry you increase the when you play you, you your level of dopamine spikes because you're playing this game you you think you can win it's it's right there but then you don't get it and you're like Crushes. you just crash you just crash but because those external rewards which is winning right. more yeah they're greater more significant makes sense. than than internal ones and for me now again that's why I'm I'm saying like I'm trying to detach from the results because the love for the game, the love for the game is unconditional. That's what truly matters. That's what, that's how I can control and use the dopamine to my advantage. I'm not letting it, not letting some external factors take take control over it. You know, I'm I'm controlling it as much as I can. a way. Yeah. Makes. And again, I'm not an expert. Human can explain much much better than I can. But do. This but this is what, how it's affected you. I mean, this is what you've been
1: hundred percent for yourself. Hundred percent. Yeah.
2: it's it's been helping me and just understanding that again those those internal factors are much much important for me than than the external ones um or that they should be that's how i feel that that they should be more important than certain ones so that how dopamine can affect that that's something that's been helping me tremendously
0: yeah and it's interesting especially for like like Training because it's so you have to I feel be so process oriented that you can't let your successes uh, kind of pump you up too much or let yeah. your failures drop you down too much. So it's yeah. like with this system of focusing on uh, on the internals as yeah. opposed to the externals, you're kind of like chugging along on this
2: this this range, right? Exactly. You're not allowing yourself to yeah. And that's that's what happens. For example, with close matches, you know, sometimes just like one or two points mm-hmm. aside at the end and like if you win you feel like yes i mean i want that much great you feel so pumped and and you're just happy but if you lose oh i'm terrible i lost that much it's just the difference of one two points it, you're the same player nothing y- changes yeah. you're the same player yep but the way you feel about it is just completely different and again that's just for me i realized that when i put too much attention to those external factors that's what happens i feel terrible about myself when i lose i feel great about myself when i win now i feel i feel realistic about myself both ways i i try to learn as much as possible from each match obviously i still get a little disappointed when i lose yes i still i'm still happy when i win but it's not about winning and losing it's really about just getting the most out of the match trying to grow and learn from every single point every single match And just going going forward from there you know wins or losses they don't determine who i am as a player and that that was a big big uh change for me for sure
1: so we see so we are obviously have access to or we see loshanes sort of who he is now and post tap and and things like that right but let's delve into your past Right. Yeah. The, the previous career. Let's see. I mean, let's I obviously have seen this because I've uh, and not internally, but I've seen it externally just from afar um, over the course of your career. But let's talk about your junior career. Let's talk about your college tennis career, because, yeah. um, you know, obviously to get here, you've had to grow from somewhere. Yeah. Um, and and your junior and college career, I know there was a lot of struggle uh, there, which has led to this. Yeah. Uh, you, these realizations and these this, these growths, for uh, sure. uh, you know, this growth. So let's 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 start talking about let's delve into junior career. Yeah, junior um, career.
2: Um, first of all, how did I start playing tennis? Yeah. no one in my family actually plays tennis, and so or like no one in from my very close relatives plays. But you've tennis. got a yes, beast of a family. Beast let's of not, a family. Beast yeah. of a family. That's for sure. Uh, but how I got introduced to tennis is that my. My aunt, on a sister of my, of my mom, she moved to Czech Republic a long time ago and sometimes we'd come visit them and she has a daughter, my cousin, who is one year older than I am. And so we went there when I was five years old, she was six and she just started playing tennis and I went to practice with her, with, with her once and I was just helping pick up the balls. Maybe I hit the most I'm like, wow, that's, that's super fun. And I told my parents, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. I want to play this sport. And so. Yeah, they helped me, my grandma, my parents, they helped me find an academy in Moscow and great coaches. I'm super lucky for for the coach, the first coach I had, Lemuri-Gordon, we, we had the same mm. coach. Um, yeah, and I just, I started training and I absolutely loved it. Obviously, again, s- had some struggles and stuff, but I loved it. And playing tournaments, you know, just going to different cities first, playing nationally, yeah. Didn't you, didn't the tryout
1: when, because I was at the academy first before you, I yeah. think, and then you like played a tryout match with me, right? Exactly. That's what,
2: that's the lesson. That's the lesson I wanted to talk about. smoked much. me. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, we played a tryout match. And yeah, I think it was, I don't remember you beat the score. But me. I think it was yeah, relatively easy. Alex and still then, cries about it. Yeah. No, no. The, the thing is that that's the lesson. After the match, he comes out and my dad was there and he's like, Loja played. Whoa, like great, <laughs> you know, And like this guy just lost so easily and he's happy. Like, is that even possible? Like because I mean, for me, it was ridiculous. Like, How can you be happy after you lose? And and I never really understood that that lesson fully up until again, few weeks, few months ago, because it doesn't change who you are as a player. You can be happy for your opponent when he beats you. That's mm-hmm. totally normal. It doesn't it doesn't change who you are, you know, and so Yes, they win the match. They beat you. Cong- congratulate them. You actually can be happy for them. You played a good match. You, your opponent beat you. That's that's awesome. And so that that was a great lesson that y- that you taught me. And yeah, coming back to my suppressed. <laughs> Look at yeah. you. Job, Alex? She, yeah. was like, Damn. Yeah. <laughs> she was like that was like, no, no, for sure, for sure. I mean, it was. Uh, um, that's it so funny because he,
0: whenever I beat Alex, that wasn't the reaction that yeah, I got. I'd be, yeah, I'd be. You know. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> okay. Maybe yeah. Maybe you should rethink. Yeah. When he beats <laughs> he me in his dreams, dreams, that's what. Yeah. I <laughs> Yeah, and so... Be yeah. careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: just coming back to the junior career, started, started traveling around the cities, just around the country, um, just meeting new players, getting my first points. I mean, so exciting. And little by little, just going up the ranking. And my first big result was the Nationals 12 and under. Like, yeah, I mean, everyone wants to win Nationals. And I was, I was nervous, but I was super excited to play it. And actually in the qu- quarterfinal, that was probably the most <laughs> important match. and Not the most important, but one of the most important matches of my career because I played my rival, biggest rival at the time. We played like 14 times. Every single tournament we played against each other. Pavel Kotov, who is doing incredibly well right now. He's top 100 ATP. And I, before that match, I lost to him every single time. He was just mentally, <laughs> he was much stronger than I was. He was just getting in my head. Every single time he was getting in my head. I hated this guy. I was like, <laughs> I, I couldn't play him. And national quarter-final, uh, finally, I beat him. I beat him, make it to the semifinal, and I ended up getting third uh, in singles, and we won with Dima, actually, the, my best friend, the guy that you had mm-hmm. in the previous episode. We won it in doubles, and that was a first very like important and big result for me. The result that made me top 10 in the country, And and yeah, that's where I was... I was like, yeah, let's go, let's let's keep going, and then little by little, I started started traveling internationally around Europe, again getting yeah.
1: Tell us the well, so you play tennis Europe's. Tell us the yeah. Titi Pass story.
2: Yeah, so so yeah, played against some amazing players like Titi Pass as well, and there was a tournament. I think it was for teens, uh, for teens and under, and. I played with one of my friends against Titipas and Kotov again. No way. (laughs) Titipas and Kotov doubles. Final of the tournament. Great to tennis hero. And first set, I think they beat us relatively easy. Second set, we we start turning things around little by little. And his mom, Titipas's mom, great player. One of the best players. I think she was the champion of USSR. She was his coach at the time. And she was sitting up there. And she started coaching him, and maybe she was coaching throughout the match, but but referee didn't really see it. And she would say something, and then she would go like this. And if she's like asleep, as if she's not even watching, and the referee, yeah. which sorry,
1: don't to cut you off, but it's funny because it's like some things never change. Yeah, right. <laughs> some that's, things yeah. never change. But and go so, on.
2: so the referee gives them first warning, and for the first warning, you don't lose the point. You just warning. If you get a second one, that that's when you lose the point. So not a big deal. Keep playing. Win the second set, third set, tie break to ten. Pressure is on. Every point matters, you know. And and it was eight all. We win important point. Nine eight. I think Titi Pass is about to serve. Titi Pass is about to serve. His mom says something again. It was like this. Referee sees it. Second warning. Caught of Titi Pass. Point oh, penalty. penalty. Game. Set. Match. Wow. Well, that Isn't that so crazy. good? And we were like, <sighs> <"We'll> take it. <laughs> we'll take, take it. it. Yeah, we'll take Take, take that. it. That's. Take what, it. What, were they furious? Uh, Yes, they were first, they were like, it's unfair, you can not do it on a match point, which I mean, sure, but you can't really be coaching on a tennis court, you know. That's Um, wild, that's such a funny story. It was great, yeah. So you have a winning
0: record on Pass then?
2: Yes, I only played him in doubles (laughs) only once, we've played a lot of same tournaments together, we've interacted a little bit, he probably doesn't remember who I am, but uh, I got to know him a little bit, Um, but yeah, I only played against him in in singles, I mean in doubles once, mm-hmm. and that's it. So yeah, Europe, then start traveling around the world, At the highest uh, ranking in Europe was 13, then in the world was 150, so things were good. Things were good, I had some awesome results, I got to travel again, see the world, get to know a lot of players, it was good, but that's the bright side. There was a dark side to it as well, and that's very important to understand that, yes, I had a lot of things, but, a lot of great things going my way, but at the same time, I didn't feel that the things were going well most of the time. I actually struggled a lot. And there were many, many, many moments when I was losing my on a tennis court. I was going nuts. I would go after the matches. I would throw my racket as far as I could. I would break rackets. I would be crying. The worst part is that after some matches, I told my parents that I want to kill myself. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. No kid should ever do that and obviously like i never really thought of doing that because because i was like if if i do that my parents like i just cared about my parents too much and i i would would have never even but tried. I mean, those dark but just that i intruded, even the fact yeah. that crazy. i even had my thoughts and i'm not the only one like that there are a lot of people like that you know i'm sure i've seen it i've seen it and it's just crazy yeah, yeah. no
1: question so those those dark thoughts the the yeah. you know whether it be, let's say, suicidal thoughts, or if it's even throwing aggression and throwing a racket and, and, you know, emotional meltdown. Yeah. Were those because, like, what was the source of that? Was that because of pressure that you felt
2: to perform and when you didn't perform- 100%, again, that perfection is just trying to do everything perfectly, just focusing on the results again, just focusing on the results, not appreciating little things, not seeing positive sides of myself, just seeing myself for the bad ones. And not being able to control your emotions completely, not being able to control one emotion, negative emotion, led to another one, and it was like a snowball. And like it could be, oh, I missed the forehand. My forehand doesn't feel good. Which is again, you you shouldn't really tell yourself, oh, my forehand doesn't feel good. My forehand is okay. I missed the ball. It's fine. I'm gonna make the next one. My forehand doesn't feel good. Then you miss another one. Oh, my forehand really doesn't feel good. Now another one. Oh, I, I don't know how to make a forehand. Uh, my forehand sucks. You know, which I actually usually was with my backhand. <laughs> my forehand usually was was my weapon. But even with my forehand, I had I had ideas like that, and thoughts like that, and it was just like a snowball. And then at some point, thought after another one, and you just feel like you're nobody, and you can't do anything in this world. You just you just yeah, you kill yourself. You kill kill yourself with those emotions. And again, it for me it was perfectionist in me and also again not understanding myself completely who i am as a player not understanding my emotions what what causes those emotions what goes because that's super important that's the most important thing once you start underst- understanding what causes those emotions once once i started understanding right now that's what actually changed me to how i feel about myself because right away i feel negative emotion why did that happen why did that emotion happen is it uncontrollable accept it move forward controllable change it, move forward, learn something from it, try to do something about it, move forward. And it's not like I don't just let those negative emotions be there and sit there. I, I analyze them and I do something about them. And that's why I never have those snowballs anymore. And I haven't really proved myself in anything. I'm still like an unranked player. I know I have a lot of growth and a lot of room for growth. And I, I have a long way to get where I want to get but but i believe that that's something that's going to be helping me throughout my career well 100 percent. what
0: uh what made you uh go down the college tennis path instead of just going pro right after uh, right from juniors
2: yeah so great great question one of the things was always financial side of it um, my family never had that much money not not a wealthy family just normal family that actually at least I felt struggled in a way a little bit supporting me. I was I was given everything I needed, but I always felt like I really don't want my parents to spend money on me, on my tennis, you know? And it was a big, big very, very important thing for me. And I realized that I'm not that good really. I'm 150 in the world as a junior. Good, but I'm not like one of the best ones. So I could try, but the chances are very low and we don't really have the money, we don't, I don't have the tools, I don't have the resources to, to really do that professionally. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I started thinking about going to college. And, and
1: you were also always exceptional at school. I mean, you were. He, I yeah. mean, he,
2: so both Dima and,
1: and Losh, they both, um, in Russia, it's the golden star, right? That's, yeah. yeah. So in Russia, you get the thing called golden star. And it's given to students who, since kindergarten to grade twelve, have only gotten straight A's and it's an extremely difficult thing to do, as you can imagine. I was out of the 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 running my first grade <laughs> uh, as you can imagine no but but it's an extremely difficult thing to do so you've you've had exceptional grades, so school i mean. Yeah, you know, that's I, I feel like that might have also played a reason as well is because it's like you've been an
2: academic guy. For sure, for sure. For My a... parents have always told me that education is super important. Yes, tennis is tennis is life. You know, like in Ted Lassa, there's a character who says football is life, coach. Tennis is life. But at the same time, I always understood that life is much more than tennis, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, I always understood the importance of education and I had good grades. Though again, even though I had those good grades, I never thought of myself as a smart guy or genius. I always felt like (laughs) not necessarily stupid, but there is so much more to learn. And I was a lot of times I was afraid to speak up or like express my my thoughts because again, I I didn't really feel smart about myself. And and yeah, like yeah, I had good grades. But I was getting grades for the grades and not for studying, not for learning. I was getting grades for grades. And I was and pretty perfectionism. Exactly. Perfectionism. That, yeah. Just yeah, not really necessarily learning. And also I need to give credit to my mom as well. She helped me a lot, a lot because I missed a lot of schools with, with those turns. That's what junior players deal with. They miss school and they have to catch up and everything. And my mom was always there for me. She shows helped me with all the subjects and she even did some homeworks for me I'll be honest uh so yeah yes I had good grades but it wasn't it wasn't perfect again it wasn't perfect and it wasn't only me there was my mom behind it a lot as well and and then my dad as well and so I never felt proud of it I everyone was telling me oh Lasha is smart Lasha got the gold medal I was like you don't know. <laughs> you don't know anything about it you don't know the the reality of it in a
0: way we'll make sure to edit out that part about your mom doing some homework so you keep that gold medal yeah they're
1: gonna come they, no, but they
2: can take it away <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: no but i mean even i just remember like didn't you get an 800 on the math section for sat i did that i did that yeah like actually, this guy yeah this guy okay <laughs>
2: like, uh, okay now, sat by the way uh the first time i got to america my english was terrible yeah. and that's another reason why i felt it was, it was very challenging for me. My English was bad. I was afraid to communicate with people because, again, my English wasn't perfect. How could it be? And it's not perfect now, clearly, <laughs> even though it's getting there little by little. Um, and so SAT is something that I was very nervous about. Three sections, reading, writing, and math. Reading and writing, I'm like, I'm going <laughs> <gonna> to fail. Please, <laughs> please, every point matters. But math, when I looked at it, I'm like, this really, I learned it in seventh grade <laughs> and I always thought that that's one subject that I always loved, math. I love solving problems against very, very analytical type of brain and solving riddles. And to me, I was like looking at those problems. Like, I don't know, they give you 20 minutes for section. I would be done in eight minutes and... Uh, I would try to like go to another one. Actually, like you know, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, "What's, what's, the, what's next the next question? question? Another question?" Or I'm like in another section. And so going into SAT, I kind of I knew I was gonna get 800, even though it might sound arrogant, but I was like, I need to maximize that. But then my writing and reading was like 500 each, you know, which gave me 1800 out of 24. Right. Right. Solid result in a way, but. Again, it was mostly math and not.
1: No, that's that's really funny. There's there's a story, I, and maybe this is, I'll I'll say it. But um, we had a mutual friend uh, who was on uh, played for Alabama, uh, Jeremy, mm. and so I met Jeremy in the UK, and when I lived there. Um, And it was a random thing. Like I saw them in a Snapchat story together and I was like, what the hell are you guys doing together? Like I was like, and Jeremy and I weren't like close friends. Like we played tournaments together and stuff like that. We were just tennis, you know, but anyway, um, very funny guy. And, uh, he told me this story. I was with him, I think a few, like five years ago or something like that. And he told me a story, um, where they were on the team together and they were in accounting together. This was, must've been like sophomore year of college or something. They were in accounting together and Losha's tutoring him and helping him with his accounting homework. And he's like doing it and Losha's like guiding him and stuff. And, and he gets like 90 95% or something like that on the homework. Yeah. And Losha gets up. And he's like, What? And he takes the computer. He's like, give it to me. And he goes, <laughs> and he does it in 10 minutes and he gets a hundred percent. He's like, okay, here you go. <laughs> leaves.
2: Perfectionist. Perfectionist. So good. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah.
1: I was laughing so yeah. hard. It's man. Amazing. But, but let's talk about college. Let's talk college. about college because college. one of the things that, um, one of the things that you said was, you know, college was the 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 best five years of your life but also the worst five years it was like a it True, was yeah. a very love-hate yeah. love-hate relationship yeah. so let's talk about it let's let's delve into it how did you choose alabama roll Tide. let's get it all Tide. let's alabama, get into that yeah where legends are made from moscow russia <laughs> to alabama i mean it's yeah. it's yeah it's it's
2: yeah it's so again i was the, at the academy uh, in california and actually i really wanted to go to ucla or usc because they're right there and ucla is a great school big school and Max Cressy, by the way, he was there with me at the time in the academy, and he ended up going to UCLA. Mm-hmm. And he was the one when we were juniors, he was we, we spent a lot of time together. And he was the one who was telling like, yeah, we're going to go to college. And then after that, we're going to go pro and we're going to make it. And I mean, he's he's already there. And we actually just trained together for a couple of weeks right before Australia. And he didn't change at all. <laughs> the same guy, the same guy it was so funny how things never change, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, and so I wanted to go there, but I couldn't get enough scholarship. They had a really, really good, strong team. And again, I wanted to, I needed to help my family as much as possible. They couldn't afford paying too much. So I needed to get as much scholarship as possible. And I started looking at other schools outside of California. And my coach uh, from the academy, not Juan, who another one, uh, he recommended me to look at Alabama. And at the time, I didn't know much about Alabama at all, to be honest, nothing. I was like, what's Alabama? Where is Alabama? <laughs> and, and I looked at it and I don't remember actually if, if the coach got in contact with me or I did get in contact with him, but, but we connected and he was like, do you want to come for a visit? I'm like, sure, let's go, let's go. But at, at the time I was like, I, I don't want to go to Alabama again. I just, I, again, I didn't know anything, but for some reason I thought it was middle of nowhere. And in some ways maybe it is, but it's actually a great place. So I came for a visit, and I saw all those facilities. I'm like, wow, the football stadium, everything. It's it's a paradise for athletes. I mean, pretty much every single major uh, athletic program there is top ten. Football, basketball, uh, uh, gymnastics, uh, softball. I mean, anything. You look at any program, top ten or top five. And fo- but football obviously is the biggest deal. Yeah pretty much every single home game hundred thousand people in stadiums it's crazy it's crazy it's 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 crazy it's insane and a lot of students i've met a lot of students that go (laughs) to school just for football 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 or parties or parties actually because greek life is very big there as well but again that's that's not what interested me i just felt like i had everything to develop myself as a as a player and a person i like the team i like the coaches and i was like i like the place i really i really want to commit here and I don't care about UCLA. We'll beat UCLA with Alabama. Unfortunately, never got to play them. Oh, uh, that's a bummer. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, but but yeah. So I committed there, and it seems again like perfect place. Why not? But as as you said, five years, the best years and the worst years, and I'll tell you the reasons why I, why I felt this way. First of all, going into into college, I had a long not long yeah long distance relationship, and I had a first girlfriend was mad in love, you know, like it was super important for me. And actually at the time, I really was like, believed in the idea of having like one girl for the rest of the life. And it was, that's how much important it was, was to me. But at the same time, I was immature in many ways. And it was all new for me, like the college, being on the team, it's not something that tennis players are used to. And again, just everything is new and kind of dealing with all of that and maintaining my long distance relationship it was very very challenging for me and and yeah i made i made a lot of mistakes and i hurt her and because i hurt her it, even though unintentionally i i hated myself for that again i hated myself and i really struggled a lot and in a way again, i experienced a lot of great emotions because of the relationship but at the same time i struggled a lot and i kind of lost the sense of who i am and in that way then second thing studying i chose finance why did i choose finance why, why does anyone Yeah. Money. Yeah. (laughs) Why did I choose finance? I thought, okay, I like, I like solving problems. I, I'm have analytical type of brain. I like, yeah, I just, I, I love math and, and in finance, you have to work with numbers. I love working with numbers. So sure. Let's try that. But in reality through all five years of (laughs) my studying, I was like, why am I taking those classes? And I liked some of those, but I really, disliked a lot of them and going into some of the tests like I didn't prepare at all, you know, like I didn't prepare at all, I would go to the test and just intuitively, I would be like okay, that makes sense, okay, let's go this one, nah, nah, nah and somehow I would still get good grades 4.0. Yeah, I ended up with 4.0 4. but this 4.0 4. is so meaningless, it's, it's completely meaningless, it doesn't mean anything because I felt like I wasn't really learning and again, that was my fault, I was I was kind of lost. I was trying to understand who I am. What do I want to do in life? And do I really want to do finance? Do I want to become an investment banker? Because I had that idea that as an investment banker, you you're like, you're cool. You make money, you know, and you're great. But I didn't know if I wanted to do that. And I didn't know why I was taking those classes really. So for that, because of that reason as well, I was like who I am. Then third thing, teammates, my team. I love my teammates. They're great guys, guys from all over the world. We learned so much from each other, had had an amazing time. I feel like in a locker room, everyone was always laughing and just doing some stupid things, you know, like how how teams are. Helicopters. Ricky would know what it is. (laughs) Yeah. I think we uh, all do. (laughs) I think we all know what it is. Maybe we'll (laughs) cut that. (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) Or maybe we'll leave that. Ricardo.
1: The names. Yeah, I, think, I mean, it's st- funny because
0: when we were talking about the things we were talking about in this podcast, I didn't see helicopters <laughs> helicopter? on the, on the yeah. list.
1: Yeah, that's hilarious I mean, <laughs>
0: it's like
1: pretending as if it's someone no
2: one knows. Anyway, yeah. okay. But at the same time, like I always wanted to develop that sense of family, but at the same time, I didn't really feel like family with them. And the reason why is that. I realized that I was I was struggling, and then I saw some other guys struggling with some things, and I feel like we didn't really take those things seriously. again, it was all in a way for shits and giggles, you know and which is, which was good again, that's what made us a fun team in a way, but we didn't take care of each other, really how the family does it and it was my fault in a way because I was assigned to be a leader after the first uh, my freshman year by, by the coach and Honestly, I wasn't a good leader. I did not speak up when when I felt like some things weren't going the right way and I could have done much, much, much more. And I mean, there were two guys, me and, and Edson were leaders after the first uh, uh, year and he was a much, much better leader than I was. And so again, again, kind of like great, great time with with the guys, but then there's also some things that really make me feel like Things are not going the way I want them to go.
1: So I know, I know you were you were struggling, right? Yeah. Again, emotionally,
2: right? The,
1: the long distance relationship that was yeah. on your mind. Then you also yeah. had the tennis. I mean, you weren't playing your best tennis, and and you would kind of because you were perfectionist, because you were in a more negative mental state, yeah. you would dig yourself into a deeper hole. Yeah. So, are, from yeah. what I understand, the fact that it was a team environment, the fact that it was yeah. kind of every gigs all the time it was no one actually took the time to yeah really see what was going on and try to help you yeah get no, out of that hole
2: for sure for sure i mean i i thought that it was pretty clear that i was struggling and again i could have explained them better but it wasn't very easy for me i always consider my, myself introverted person and it wasn't easy to to share that with them so i could have done a better job but also i thought that they could have seen it a little bit more that yeah this guy is struggling we need to help him a little bit more and again great guys i love them i love them and it's not to take something away from one or not to say that they're bad not at all but it just just again, happened that yeah, way. yeah it yeah. just happened that way we, we all made mistakes and again it, it was far from uh great you know like it was it was good but again i didn't never got a sense of a family which i really really wanted which was very important for me Then another thing, relationship with the coach, super important. Um, My coach, George Husak, great guy. He, we always had a good relationship outside of the court. He helped me with a lot of things, helped me with uh, getting a job. And I mean, a bunch of things. We shared a lot of personal stuff, but on court, we, (laughs) we didn't get along very well. You know, like we disagreed on a lot of things. We, we fought a few times, had some heated exchanges and I think, again, I could have done a much, much better job. Um, I had an ego in a way, like that I know better sometimes. You know, what he says doesn't really make sense. I know better, it doesn't work for me. And I believe he had an ego as well. And he was like very, in a way, it felt like he was a superior and he was demanding some things sometimes. And I feel like there is no place for an ego, for an ego in coach-player relationship. I believe that it's a two-way street where two have to absolutely respect each other have to listen to each other and both make each other player make a good coach coach makes a good player and it was just two egos colliding and we definitely weren't helping each other and there was one there was one hidden moment i'm not going to go into details but one moment where uh it was my junior year where i realized that okay i'm i can't i can't deal with that anymore and i actually wanted to transfer i was in a transfer portal um, then ended up actually staying uh, for certain reasons. Uh, maybe I'll talk about it later uh, because it's related to my grandma. Um, but but yeah, it was it was good. That relationship was good in many ways, and it's still good. We maintain a good relationship. He texts me. He just yeah, we 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 we're we're, <laughs> we're good. We're good. Not it's not like our relationship is bad, but there there was tough moments. Sometimes yeah. really tough moments. Yeah. Like
1: you said, I mean, if, if, if it's two people colliding, it's impossible to grow. I mean, it's like, because you're, you're not focusing on the common goal. You're focusing on how do I, you know, you're basically focusing on trying to beat each other out on who's right, you know, or who's. who's Yeah.
2: Yeah, And the biggest thing about my relationship right now with my coach Juan Jose Clement is that I feel like I stripped away my ego completely. And he doesn't have an ego either. We respect each other completely. We listen to each other, and we just again, we both learn from each other. We grow together, and to me, it's a it's a again, perfect, <laughs> almost perfect uh, relationship, coach-player relationship, where we both grow and learn, and it's 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 awesome. And then lastly, uh, obviously, I mean tennis, tennis. I I completely lost the sense of who I am as a tennis player. Some matches I'll be just pushing balls, you know, just trying to make the ball in some matches, I'll be ripping balls and making everything or just, I was just, pff, I didn't know who I was on the court. So and, and at the same time, I had some incredible moments where I clinched matches and, and it felt great. It was so awesome to, to do that. And to me, actually, one, one important thing that uh, I think it's important to mention is that I always struggled playing on the team in a way that I always consider myself a selfless person and to me team became much more important like I didn't really I wasn't playing for myself in a way which I think you should never forget about you you should play for yourself it's good but I was playing for for the team and and that's something that made me like gave me so much pressure I really I was like if I lose if I lose I let the team down if I win that's that's what I'm supposed to do you know like I'm supposed to win I, I, like it would be great I need to help the team and I played for the team, I played for the coach. I did not play for myself. And that's why I struggled a lot. That's why I lost myself as a player as well. I didn't really, yeah, I didn't focus on myself enough. I didn't focus on, I focused on helping the guys, like really being as supportive as possible. And I forgot about myself and I didn't have the right tools, again, to do that, to deal with that. And, and yeah, and last thing actually, last very important one as well. I mean, I think it's, it's quite important parties and alcohol. So I did not drink until I was 20 at all, not one sip. And I think it has, it has something to do with my dad, because when I was six, seven, he would let me try anything. He was like, if you want to try, I tried something like vodka or something, just a sip. Oh, 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 that's terrible. That's terrible. And that's maybe why I didn't like it. But something changed. So first two years, freshman, sophomore, did not drink at all. And again, Alabama is a party school, team party, partied a lot as well everyone parties there <laughs> and i went to some parties but again intro felt very introverted didn't drink i was like what am i doing here i didn't really have fun but then it, it changed a little bit i went uh, back to russia for the summer break and i was like let's try it let's try it let's try it and and i was with my one of my best friends with uh Slavo, another guy. And he's that guy, actually. He's a great guy. So we drank together for the first time. I was like, wow, that was so fun. That was so fun. And so when, when I came back for my junior year, I'm like, boys, I'm in. I'm in. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. And and the, re- and the thing is, again, we had great time. We had a lot of amazing parties and stuff. It was awesome. But I realized that, yes, I was drinking to have a good time and I had a good time. But I was also drinking... To kind of lose myself again, to just forget about the problems. So, again, I would wake up next day, same thing. It was fun, but next day, same thing. So, I I had to deal with the same stuff. So, it wasn't very healthy in a way. And again, it's not like I was drinking like crazy, not at all. But it's not like I would have a few few drinks and I would just feel tipsy and have fun. I was like really going for it, going for it. And a lot of, a lot of uh, kids do that at the University of Alabama. That's that's how it is. And I just, again, did not, I don't think it helped me and it was it was beneficial in any way. So, yeah, there are a lot of things, a lot of things that were making it super fun experience that made it best years of my life and made it the worst years of my life in a way. I just, yeah, I struggled a lot. A lot.
1: So let's talk about uh, post-college tennis then. Because yeah. um, I know that there, you know, you weren't sure what you wanted to do for a long time. You you studied finance. You got a masters, I believe, right? Yeah. Um and so COVID year, yeah. <laughs> COVID year you got masters yeah. and so you were pr- thinking, okay, am I going to pursue investment banking, which isn't something that you wanted to do. It, it sounds yeah. like it's something that you felt like you kind of had to do or yeah. or it was like, you know, it's not it didn't feel like yeah, authentic from what I understand. Yeah. What made you want to pursue professional tennis? So what what was the click in the head where you were like, you know what? I'm going to go for it
2: yeah so again let's let's start from the very beginning like after after college i didn't know exactly what i wanted to do i wanted to in a way buy some time and i also didn't really have any money i needed to support myself in some way and so i got opt uh, which is optional practical training basically work authorization for a year um and i started working i started making some money and and yeah i was trying to save money so i can have some uh resources to support myself if i uh start pursuing professional career because i was i still wanted to do that i I never lost that belief that i can achieve something big in tennis and i don't think i will ever lose it because i know my grandpa grandma will talk about it uh and yeah that was that summer before i made the decision that was last summer or actually yeah last summer last summer summer 2022 it was perhaps the most challenging summer for me because that indecisiveness it was killing me i was I was like, what do I want to do? Am I gonna leave tennis and go into investment banking and try to do something there? And the way I thought of it is that I believe that I could achieve something big there, could start making a lot of money. Like I would get there, again, glass half half full, not mm-hmm. half empty, but I'd have to struggle. I'll have to struggle because again, you can't really be an introverted person in investment banking and I didn't really like finance at least that's what i thought from the five years that i've studied and so the only reason i wanted to do it is money really just money um yes i obviously i would have learned a lot and i thought it would be cool to be investment banker but there was nothing behind it really other than money and being able to support the people i love myself and and everyone and then tennis is something that i've always or professional tennis something that i've always dreamt of doing and i've always that had that kid inside of me who believed that everything is possible you can achieve that but at the same time i realized that who I am now i'm in in terms of tennis like i'm really no one like no one knows who alexi nester is he's so far from from getting somewhere in tennis and the chances are so slim and i don't really have much money still i don't have support financial support So is it realistic to go and try? And so every single day I was thinking about it's like 24 seven. Do I do this? Do I do this? Sometimes I would lean towards one option, sometimes towards another. I had some interviews, I tried to get a job and I don't know, it was just, it was so bad because I I could not make a decision. And yeah, it, it was, it was, it was very, very challenging. And then at some point I was like, I don't know exactly what what made me do that but i was like i just need to follow my dream i just need to follow my dream i i have to like i have to make a decision and i made a decision it it took me a long time i should have made it way way earlier Uh, and i was like okay i'm just gonna follow my dream i'm gonna do everything possible to give myself a chance because i never gave myself a chance to to play professionally something i've dreamt of but i never gave myself a real chance to play professionally and so i'll give myself everything like all the chance not all the chance, I'll do everything possible to to try to do that if it doesn't work out I'll figure it out I'll go from there I'll go from there did
0: you give yourself like a timeline, or was it open
2: I, w- I was thinking about that but then I think the timeline would put too much pressure mm-hmm. in a way and yeah I, I don't have a timeline I like that yeah. I like that a lot yeah, yeah I don't have a timeline um, again I'm trying to stay in the moment right now get the most out of what I what I have and I have I feel like I am I have a lot. I'm very grateful for all the things that I have. Again, living my best life, honestly. I feel like I'm living my best life, even though there's struggles and challenges. I'm dealing with those challenges much, much better now. And truly, I almost feel like I'm happy 24-7, living my best life, feeling much more confident. and And I see so many improvements in my game and everything, my mindset and just... In other parts of life, I'm just enjoying li- life much, much, much more. And- well, it's
1: amazing because it's like, even, let's say, you know, the fact that you made this decision to pursue professional tennis, mm-hmm. the fact that you went to, you know, you met your coach, uh, Juanjo, right? Yeah, Juanjo. Um, yeah the fact that you reconnected with Juanjo and you're training together and the fact that you've had exposure to tap and you've started implementing these tools. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, you never know what happens. Even if tennis doesn't end up being the thing that you pursue, like yeah. full time, like if the, if you end up getting a job or, or whatever, yeah. like I feel like just this journey that you've had yeah. so far yeah. has done so much for your personal growth and yeah. personal development 100%. that it's, it's changed your
2: life and trajectory whichever way you go in the positive. 100%. 100%. Which is amazing to see. Yeah. Like, for example, about interviews, I've always been afraid of interviews. Now I feel much more confident. I feel like I can show my personality. I can talk. I can speak. I can be much more curious about other. Because before that, I was like, don't say anything wrong. Don't say anything wrong. Don't ask any questions. Just, I never ask questions. When someone asks you, like, do you have any questions? I was like, no, I think I I I got everything. Which is terrible. You you have to ask questions. But I was afraid to say something wrong or ask something wrong. Now I don't feel this way at all. I'm much more curious about people. I, I really try to speak up more and just i'm much more extroverted i can be as extroverted as i want to be right. just like completely open book and i can be as introverted and i feel comfortable and confident both ways right and right. it's it's a big big change for me and that's what makes me feel this way what makes me appreciate life much more now i'm just it's completely like i feel like I'm completely different person that just happened in three months and yeah even if again it doesn't work out for me in tennis I'm reading much more. I'm just learning much more. I'm still, there's much more to life than just tennis, even though I devote a lot of time to, to the sport. You know, much more to life. And much more, I do much more than just tennis right now. So whatever happens, happens. I'll just keep focusing on me, keep trying to get better every single day and go from there, go from there. Oh, that's You're,
1: that's incredible. I mean, that's what matters. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, I know, I because know you mentioned it earlier, Yeah. but you decided to stay in Alabama because of your grandma and I'm assuming yeah. so for context your grandma was a I mean I I think I've only met one of your grandmother's if probably I'm probably this one yeah yeah so she was an Olympic champion mm-hmm. um, and, and gold medalist, gold medalist. yeah, yeah. Um, which is insane so I mean let's talk about how and maybe just b- more broadly too like how families impacted your tennis journey just
2: yeah, grandma, my, my family just in general has always been very athletic family. They always do something for their health and like either whether it's running or, or anything. But definitely my grandmother was always has, always has always been the person who achieved the most in sports. I mean, winning Olympic gold medal, <laughs> what can be mm-hmm. bigger than that? And she is the reason that I've always believed that it is possible. Like I've always believed that if my grandma can do it, I can do it too, and she was she was incredible like she she was very strong she she was very outspoken, just like trying to do great things for people she did definitely did a lot of great things for me, she helped me again find the academy uh actually, there's a <laughs> very funny story which she came to some of my matches and she used to or a couple of times she screamed, looha delucci, which means like you're the best. You're the best. And at the time, again, introverted guy in a way, I'm like, "What are you doing, grammar?" <laughs> <laughs> like, don't don't say that. And now I I, I wish I wish she could be there and, and doing that because she she passed away. And actually, as as I said, she was the reason I stayed. But really, the reason was that she she passed away, and it was it was very unexpected. She it was a tough moment. She she got hit by a car. Uh, could have lived for way much much longer I thought and it felt very unfair I'm not gonna go too deep into details about that but that was the moment when I was going through like all that stuff Junior year when I was trying to transfer I was in the transfer portal and I was trying to find a different University and the coach coach actually um, oh no my I, I just got the news about my my grandma and it was just that was the per- first very important person that ever passed passed away uh, in my life and it was it was it was really hard to accept she was very very important to me and and I was like what do I do now what do I do and and the coach he texted me he didn't know what happened and he texted me he asked me if I can meet him and talk to him about transferring so we meet the next day he still doesn't know and he sees that he, he was trying to convince me that I should stay or not convince me, but like try to talk again and ask me if I really like want to transfer. Maybe it would be better for me to stay. And I was, we just had a normal conversation, but he's like, is everything okay? Like you seem very down and I'm like, yeah, my, my grandma passed away. And we talked a little bit about that. And I'm very thankful for him because he, he actually helped me with the tickets, um, uh, he, or university helped me with the tickets because tickets were super expensive and the funeral was in a day or two and I flew I flew right away to to the funeral I left everything and um yeah after after he helped me with that and 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 yeah it just the uh, I, I I couldn't think about transferring anymore and stuff and I was like I'll just stay here I There's actually good things about the universe. I can still grow and get the most out of it. And that's that's the way it affected me. You know, like, not not a positive, not that she had a positive effect or not that something she said something. Uh, Sorry, just. Yeah, yeah. but it seems like I mean,
1: it seems like she is very much the the force that is still driving.
2: hundred percent. So so it's like it's almost like it, it seems like when she passed away, what happened is that I I realized, obviously, like, I'll never see her again. I'll never have her in her life, but it was something very important. I actually went for a run because I didn't know what to do. So I went for a run and I was, like, running and, and crying and running again, running again and crying. And I realized that, yeah, she, she might not be with me physically, but, like, she'll forever be in my heart, right. you know, like, she'll always be a big part of me and she will always serve or not serve, but, like. Drive me, and be be that driving force that will move me forward. And she hundred percent moves me forward, like never before, like never, never before. And yeah, I mean, I as a kid, I've always imagined that I would win the Olympic Games. And for tennis players, usually Grand Slams are more important, you know. And for me, it's like Olympic Games. I want to yeah. win Olympic Games for my grandma. And I always imagine she would be sitting in the stands and she would be (laughs) maybe screaming, yeah, you're the best, you know? And obviously I realized I would never have a moment like that, but, but I still want to do it for her, you know, in a way, even though she, obviously she's not going to see that, but that's something that truly, truly matters to me and means a lot. And that's something that drives me forward. It's not, not those, again, not the wins, but just the love for, for my grandma and just, yeah that's amazing so much it's that's an
1: incredibly powerful yeah just the fact that it's so much deeper than just
2: uh for sure and that's something that whenever i had doubts in my head whenever i was like maybe i should just stop playing because i had a lot of moments when i was like i just should stop playing that's i think something that kept me going every single time the that belief that i can do it that that i can do it just like my grandma did that's something that made me go and go and go and actually one very important lesson i learned when i won the national section 16th and under and i became the the national champion i was like wow that's that's really good i always wanted to do that i was number one in the country and everything but then the next day i was like so what yeah life goes on so what Mm -hmm. so what and which must have been tough yeah because
1: when you hit something that you really want to hit and then it's like exactly exactly and i realized
2: that even if i become number one in the world or I'll become grand slam champion it will be so what and so i remember talking four months ago or so to my coach i'm like yes i want to become number one and grand slam champion and all that but that's it's not about that it shouldn't be about that it's it's bigger it has to be about someone else and i know clearly what it is about obviously grandma people that i love i really my just i have a picture of my team and how it's going to look how like what my box is going to look like players box and i really want to play for them, in a way, you know, in, in a good way, like they drive me. The love for those people, love for for myself as a tennis player as well, love for the sport, for those people. This is what drives me. Love for, for yeah, for for the life in a way, you know, not not the results, you know, like yes, great, I want to win, I want to win, but that love, that's that's the most important thing. Yeah. Are we gonna be in your box? Sure, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, sure. I always imagined this guy being in the box and yeah. he said,
1: Steve was now, now linking nah, arms with me. Now He's you, like, now hey, you, you, got got now you got another
2: yeah? one. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, this guy for sure. And you have to earn it. You have to still earn it. <laughs> no problem.
0: No <laughs> problem. Yeah. No,
1: but um, no, amazing. I mean, I think it's so, it's incredible to see that, you know, you went from someone who was so focused on, you. you it's literally, it's like night and day. it's really like night and day because you were someone who was extremely focused on results and the like you said perfectionist things like that um to now it's it's almost like there's a clarity um which as a friend like no tennis aside everything as a friend it's incredible to see uh because it's you know it just it's incredible growth and it's like it, it really feels like you know 100%. Hundred percent. It, yeah, it feels like you're thing. a
2: rocket taken off, and that's how I feel. I truly feel yeah. completely yeah. unstoppable mentally. Like it's like you, you can't touch me. No matter what happens, I know how to deal with it. Bulletproof. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm bulletproof, and again, it just it's it's hard to believe. It's like I'm I'm in a dream in a way, but it's, I don't lose the sense of reality. I still stay humble. I understand that I'm very very far, but it's like my mind it's it's limited the power of my mind is limitless like i can i can get myself where where wherever i want to get you know i just need to focus on myself compare myself to myself not to others and just every day try to be a little better version of myself just by focusing on little things every yeah. single day and if i do that no matter if i become number one or win slams or olympic games i'll just keep going because even as the number one it doesn't mean that you're the best version of yourself you still can can grow and it's that unconditional love for for yeah. sport, not yeah. not for the results. You yeah, know?
1: Mm-hmm. you know what this reminds me of? Just me thinking mm-hmm. about it, like you know, like those like Conor McGregor uh, motivational videos, mm-hmm. and it always starts with him like at 16 years old, yeah, and he's like,
0: I'm the f- future, I'm the, <laughs> and yeah.
1: he's like, listen, guys, I'm a double champ already. Yeah. Like you have no idea. Like this is kind of what it reminds me of in the sense yeah. of like, yeah, you know, it, when you when you see like actual belief. Like yeah. when, you, when you, you feel actual belief when you, when it's there, yeah. you know, and it's. I truly people, believe. I people truly are believe, able yeah. to say a lot of things, but not yeah. everyone's able to believe. But it, but I you truly believe, believe and, yeah. and that's the most powerful thing. And, and that's I don't the,
0: think anybody's gotten there that didn't believe, you know. Yeah. They have to. You have to. You have to. That's yeah. like a. That's a necessary. Hundred percent. Hundred
2: percent. Hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Oh listen, but.
2: They want to cut here or or i want, some fi- I want I, some, no, something i want d- something that our audience
0: can take away if if, if, if you know la- so last message last message right yeah okay the, let's yeah
1: How let's let's, let's take it home no i mean it, 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 yeah. we're, we're at no time limit yeah. uh, seriously so whatever
2: whatever you want what's the yeah, la- last message positive message i've uh, again i've been trying to discover myself as a person been thinking a lot about meaning of life and all of that and lately i've been talking to my parents i'm like I think I figured out life. I, I, I realized what life is about. Like, I, I know the meaning of life. Like, like, let, let me let me tell it to you. And I've been telling it to my parents and they're like, it actually kind of makes sense. And so I want to I want to share it with everyone because I believe that it can make it definitely helped me change my life completely. And I feel like it can help people as well. Um, I was thinking that what drives people, what drives people. And we had a conversation actually with Dima a few years back. We were in Pennsylvania and he was like, Alex, what do you want from life? What do you want from life? And I told him, I I want to be happy. And he's like, but everyone wants to be happy. You know, (laughs) Uh, what do you want from life? I'm like, I don't know, maybe play tennis, maybe become an investment maker. But that was the answer. That was the answer. And I'll I'll come back to to that actually. So I was thinking, what drives people? A lot of times it's money or fame or power. You know, those are like the common things. But then we know a lot of super wealthy people that are completely unhappy and kill themselves famous people kill themselves power Ah, i'm not sure about suicides but but they're not happy you know so what what is it that that makes us happy what can give us happiness and i was like what what is the feeling that is goes hand in hand with happiness any guesses i know you. you you know we've,
1: we've discussed this so i'm not gonna say but
2: yeah so i i thought love love is just we all Or most of us have people that we love right and love for for those people that make us do good things and now someone can say it but there's like love hate relationships but again the bad things that you do it's hate makes you do those things or not acceptance that something happened but love only makes you do good things love for people but again you're not with people all the time you don't feel it all the time you don't feel that happiness love all the time now what else the love for for the thing that you do like some. It doesn't have to be something big, like for me, tennis is huge, like I have big aspirations. It can be small, but we all loved doing something at a certain point. Like you guys love doing that podcast right now, right? And you, you don't necessarily do it for, for some external rewards, even though you want to get them, but you just love doing that, right? And it gives you pleasure, you, you feel happy doing that. Mm. But again, you don't do it 24-7. You, you I, right now, like I, I love playing tennis, but I don't play tennis all the time. I feel happy when I play tennis. I feel happy when I spend time with people that I love and again. How, how do you get it 24 seven? You know, and it's impossible. First of all, it's impossible to get 24 seven, but very close. So that's how I, I feel right now, almost 24 seven happiness. And I was like, how do you get there? And I realized that you got to just love yourself. You got to love yourself. You got to accept yourself for who you are with all of your imperfections because no one is perfect all of us has some weakness weaknesses we all yeah. can grow and learn you gotta accept yourself but what i mean by that it's not like oh i'm okay where i am and i don't do anything no not that not that you accept yourself you're like that's where i am this is who i am you're being very honest with yourself you criticize yourself but constructively constructively what can i do better and you go from there you you you're like i'm i love myself Th- that's who i am and you go from there and you learn because you have yourself from the very first to the to the last day of your life that's guaranteed you're always with yourself We talk about this idea that like yeah you might as well be your best friend exactly but best all, friend yeah. you need to be your best friend absolutely like no unconstructive criticism there is no place why why would you do that to yourself why would you give yourself crap you really don't need that at all and now being your best friend is not easy Complete, like truly best friend where you don't give yourself <laughs> it's not easy But again those tools have helped me understand who i am understand my feelings and really helped me love myself in the in the best way and it's again Mm -hmm. not that i'm the best no 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 not at all i'm very realistic about myself but i'm good with what i am i'm good with my english not being perfect i'm good with not being the smartest i'm good with not being the best necessarily player in the world right now i'm good i can grow i can get better every single day and so again it might feel or sound you know, utopian in a way that like you feel happy 24 7 but that's how I feel almost like that obviously I experienced some negative emotions still but I know how to deal with those things they're very short-lived you know very short-lived I realized right away why I experienced that negative emotion again if it's uncontrollable can't do anything about it accept accept controllable what can I do about it and do right away do something do as much as I can and if it doesn't happen doesn't happen but at least I've I've done something and that emotion goes away and so I think Again, it might not work for everyone, but I think it kind of makes sense. And it truly has been working incredibly, incredibly well for me.
1: Well, I think it's a very like, I think, you know, I feel like a lot of people know that, but they don't really do it right. and understand it's it day day. yeah they're like, hard, yeah they're like yeah like obviously said. you should love yourself but it's like no but if if, yeah. if it's just one thing to say it but another thing to do it yeah just do it is extremely look,
2: look look at your body look how you talk to yourself just just listen to yourself sometimes because everyone does that i do it sometimes too right now even now but way way less i've gave myself too much crap throughout my life i saw myself for for all the negative things and didn't really see myself for the good qualities which that i had which i have good qualities for sure you know yeah. like i I was raised well, I believe, and and I have good qualities, but I never really saw myself for them. And so, yes, it sounds simple, maybe even romantic in a way that love—that that's what should drive people, or that's what drives me. But it makes sense at the same time. And it, as you said, as I said, it's not easy to be your best friend, not at all. But again, those tools, the top top mindset—that that's what truly got me there to understanding that that thing and and. Understanding my emotions understanding who I am as a person and just finding myself uh, in a way. That's who I am That's it looking myself in the mirror. That's who I am and and I'm not perfect and that's totally fine I love myself still I truly love myself and I'm my best friend and this is really something that made made a change for me Made a big difference, but again, you can't just do it like that You have to can't do exactly you can't do it like that you have to understand yourself better You have to and to be able to understand True I swear those tools been helping me, I believe they can help anyone because they make you think who you are, what you want, when you want. And so
1: Yeah. So if this doesn't convince you to look into tap and yeah. to start using these tools, I don't know yeah. I don't know what will.
2: And and truly like it's not promoting tap really. I just I truly feel like it can help people. It can help people. Yeah. Right? yeah. You definitely. Know?
0: So definitely. And there's also another uh uh really important key to life that I think uh uh, which is uh, subscribing to Just Slap Tennis. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I know. mean, listen, because that will also very much help your life. life. That, that, that's hundred percent. Right. Um, no, but in all seriousness, man, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. It was it was awesome. I mean, you, we really talked about a lot of things. And we I mean, did. It, it's usually when we cover like this wide breadth of topics, we don't really. I feel like sometimes go deep enough, and I feel like today we. Uh, I think we, yeah, we, today was great. We
2: definitely did. So thank you so much, guys, for, for thank having you, man. me. Seriously, Seriously. It's, it's been fun. It's been great never had i ever experienced so much joy and fun being in front of three cameras yeah. <laughs> i've always been afraid of cameras and today was awesome that's awesome so and now
0: you're gonna have the whole just laugh family supporting you watching you uh Perfect. on your on your that's uh, all i need conquest to uh to world number one and uh olympic gold and so, next
1: time next time we do this thing we'll be you'll be grand slam champ yeah olympic if champ, you champ, if you're
0: not, not- number one in the world an olympic gold medalist yeah. you're not coming on this podcast <laughs> all right that's no, it i won't be here that's yeah it.
2: that's good that's but, the deal. but once i come back i told you guys i'll be i yeah. told you i told you i told you and then I it's told gonna you. be like listen and guys. then tap
0: stock goes <laughs> yeah <laughs> and tap and stock sky <laughs> i'm um, coming i'm no. coming that's awesome yeah. but no uh guys if you enjoyed the podcast hit that like button hit the subscribe button share it with your friends that uh, might need to hear this message, and uh, stay healthy, stay happy, and as always, just slap. Take care guys.